Midi Innovation Vault, the deep dive into the global democratization of point of care and at-home diagnostic testing, episode two. In this release of Midi's Innovation Vault podcast series, listen to Midi's principal, Gregory Montalbano, discuss and explore his deep understanding of the post-pandemic and future world of the point of care and at-home diagnostic rapid testing and technology. Our listeners will hear Midi's insight into the current landscape as well as what is in store for the future. Topics will range from evolving market trends and technology innovations, as well as key challenges and unmet opportunities for global health as related to the point of care and at-home diagnostic devices. We're talking with Gregory Montalbano. He's the co-owner of MIDI Medical Product Development. MIDI is a turnkey medical product development consulting firm that works with its clients in innovating new medical platforms from early research and concept development to full commercialization. Greg, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to continue with the podcast series. Greg, before we dive into the details of this podcast, can you ground us with a brief overview of today's subject matter and series high-level topics on point-of-care and at-home diagnostic testing? Sure, Matt. In today's podcast series, we'll dive into the details of of point-of-care and at-home diagnostic testing covering topics such as decentralization, of diagnostic testing and regulatory challenges, specifically with CLIA waiver. Uh, We're also gonna be talking about point of care and at-home testing data privacy challenges. And then last, we'll be discussing multiplex testing and advancing molecular diagnostics. So let's talk a little bit, and that, that does sound really good. Let's get started a little bit with the decentralization of diagnostic testing. Will do, Matt. So with the decentralization of diagnostics from laboratories to point-of-care clinics to at-home tests comes significant regulatory challenges. So upon the inevitable future termination of the FDA's EUA for certain point-of-care and at-home diagnostic tests, these device companies will need to achieve not only a traditional 510k clearance, but also address where applicable a combined FDA clinical laboratory improvement amendments, also known as a CLIA waiver status. What does CLIA mean? So CLIA is an acronym and it stands for Clinical Laboratory Improvement Amendments. So this is a federal law that establishes quality standards for testing to ensure accuracy, reliability, and timeliness of patient test results, regardless of where the test was to be performed. This may sound like a really simple question, but why is that so important? Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's very important due to the fact that a great deal of testing is now performed by non-laboratory personnel with the number growing exponentially. So the industry is looking at a bottleneck of the current EUA devices that'll need to be readdressed for approval from multiple perspectives. So this will be prevalent for point-of-care diagnostic systems, ultimately with regards to at-home tests and CLIA, generally a test that has been cleared, approved, or authorized specifically for home use by the FDA is not regulated under CLIA when the test is self-administered in accordance with the FDA's authorization and authorized labeling. So if the test is either performed by somebody other than the individual being tested or the results are interpreted or reported by someone other than the individual, then a CLIA certificate would be required. 
So ultimately note that such testing when performed by an individual, including a parent or guardian for a child or an adult who is unable to test themselves to the extent authorized in the manufacturer's instructions for use or IFU is considered self-testing for purposes of CLIA and would not require a CLIA certificate. So generally, there are separate instructions for use designated for over-the-counter home use, aka self-testing, and for healthcare provider facilitated testing, which would generally need to be performed in a facility operating under a CLIA certificate. So as such, the appropriate instructions must be followed depending on the setting in which the test is being used. Understood. So let's talk about data privacy and data challenges and the contextual framework of thinking about the ethics of data sharing and diagnostics. Sure. So when we talk about revolutionizing and democratizing diagnostics, it's unlikely that anyone presented with this alternative approach to healthcare would meet it with anything but enthusiasm. But the same person may not be so enthusiastic about it if they fully understood the data sharing, which ultimately accelerates scientific discovery, improves technology, and provides clinical utility, and is essential to make such a future possible. So we can and will transform healthcare with next generation diagnostics. But to do so ethically should be a critical component of every company's business plan. Data sharing can take place in many different stages of development from research to product development to commercialization. And there are many critical considerations when it comes to data sharing, particularly in the context of human subjects. So to touch on that, some of the key areas include collecting information consent, guaranteeing the security of data, protecting the anonymity of patients, providing transparency of data usage, and deploying a beta test for data sharing. So our health records contain a lot of personal information that we may not want to share with employers, insurers, friends, or even family members, making it paramount that our data is fully secured. So there are certain regulations that serve to protect privacy of individuals' information, but in some cases, advancements in technology can outpace those policies. So therefore, it's important that individuals, companies, stakeholders, policymakers play an active role to ensure the personal data is used responsibly. So it's never too early to start thinking about these issues. The act first and ask for forgiveness later model may accelerate product development in the short term, but it comes at the expense of establishing an ethical framework from the start. For example, a diagnostic company's device's vision may be to provide a disposable test that the users can interpret with the help of their smartphone, where they'll receive the results back in minutes. But the smartphone apps in healthcare risk breaching patient privacy, and that may suffer from insecure data storage. So you mean it's like when someone auto-uploads to Dropbox or Google Photos or some other social media thing or whatever, and they're just accidentally sharing it, like it's the same sort of, same sort of scenario? Yeah, that, that could happen. And uh, it could even complicate informed consent between patient and physician. And these issues, as well as many others, 
are always active points of discussion during a device and systems development process. So ultimately, initiating active discussions about the ethics of data sharing for patients, for providers, and researchers on how to integrate molecular diagnostics with electronic medical records is very critical. And also there is a larger clinical picture relative to how to provide appropriate interpretation of results and how to enable counseling and privacy. So there are plenty of companies who have both succeeded and failed in the mission towards decentralized diagnostics. And it's important to balance ethical and technological testing challenges with both equal weight. Okay, let's move on to the next topic of this podcast of multiplex testing and advancing molecular diagnostics. I like to think of it as holistic health monitoring with the use of molecular diagnostic multiplexing. So as discussed, people increasingly want to test themselves and avoid doctor visits. So people want to have rapid tests at home as a staple of their family first aid kit. So future opportunities exist for device manufacturers who offer home diagnostic kits to detect infectious diseases like COVID-19 or flu strains or hepatitis viruses in one single rapid multiplexing test. So beyond infectious diseases lies the opportunity to offer wellness monitoring kits to detect sugar, cholesterol, iron, vitamins, Again, all in one single multiplexing test. I envision awareness increasing where people will give wellness monitoring kits as Christmas or even birthday presents. Now, that would be an interesting Christmas present, an at-home diagnostic test kit. (laughs) Yeah, why not? So even Santa gets colds. It needs to know to take more vitamin D because of the lack of sunlight at the North Pole. I mean... Anybody that you know, he probably needs some B12 help as well. I mean, I yeah. hear you on this. So yeah. I mean, it, it sounds, it, it, it sounds at first like, wow. And then you're like, yeah, no, that, that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> Great. Can you get into more of the science on the multiplexing process? Sure, Matt. So multiplexing is the process of simultaneously detecting or identifying multiple biomarkers in a single point of care or at-home diagnostic test, which can be valuable for diagnostic testing for several different types of diseases simultaneously. Multiplex testing is a fast-growing segment of the rapid testing market, and it further empowers physicians and patients in all markets to reap the benefits through optimizing process results leading to faster decision-making. So multiplexing not only identifies the disease, but also serves as an important process in eliminating potential diseases from a prognosis. So when a patient exhibits several clinical signs and symptoms, it becomes difficult to determine cause. Multiplex testing is useful for ruling out diagnosis. It helps in terms of time optimization as it offers a single test to detect multiple pathogens. Other multiplexing benefits is that the sample collection is easier, more convenient and comfortable for the patient. It provides more data points to the patient or healthcare provider from a single sample capture and test procedure. Greg, could you elaborate on the value of multiplex testing and how it can differentiate infections that have overlapping symptoms? Yes, Matt. So it's difficult to diagnose viral respiratory illnesses based upon symptoms alone. 
So multiplex testing enables an accurate diagnosis of underlying infections that clinicians can use to make informed decisions for patient management, including the need for isolation and appropriate medications. So multiplex testing can also identify co-infections, which potentially have worse prognosis and need to be managed differently than a single pathogen infection. Lastly, testing helps identify outbreaks, informing public health measures to prevent viral spread, particularly in hospitals and long-term care settings. How are multiple testing panels beneficial when testing high-risk patients? High-risk patients, such as those who are immunocompromised, like the elderly and children, uh, are at the risk of co-infections and severe diseases or complications. So for example, qPCR, RT-PCR multiplex testing is highly sensitive, enabling quick but accurate clinical decision-making in a patient population that is most likely to require specialized treatment. What other diseases or what other disease areas are gaining traction with molecular diagnostics? Other than respiratory illness, there's a demand for molecular diagnostics for infectious diseases, such as diarrheal diseases, sexually transmitted diseases, urinary tract infections. And for example, qPCR testing can be faster and more sensitive than the standard culture tests. And this is particularly important when dealing with these types of infectious diseases. Greg, you briefly talked about different diagnostic technologies being applied to point of care and at-home testing. Can you elaborate on those technologies, how they work and their value proposition? Yeah, sure. So there's antigen testing using lateral flow assay methods, as well as nucleic acid amplification technologies, also known as NAT, uh, consisting of molecular diagnostic applications like RT-PCR, LAMP, or CRISPR. But that will all be discussed in detail in the next MIDI Innovation Vault podcast of this series. Excellent, Greg. Well, I look forward to that. Thank you, Matt. You've been listening to Episode 2 of MIDI's Innovation Vault series on the deep dive into the global democratization of point-of-care and at-home diagnostic testing with host and principal of MIDI Medical Product Development, Gregory Montalbano. If you have any questions or comments on today's podcast, or would like to schedule a complimentary consultation with Greg about your business, you can reach him by phone at 631-467-8686 or email innovation at midipd.com. That's M-I-D-I-P-D.com. If you enjoyed this podcast content, please follow MIDI on social media, or if you would like to download informative, industry-related white papers and supporting material, please visit MIDI's website at www.midipd.com.